Welcome to another episode of Let's Hope This Works. I haven't recorded in a while, honestly. Um, part of the reason it was because I was home and I say heinous things on this podcast that I didn't want my my family to hear. Um, but the more important reason was just general laziness. And you know what? That's okay. But um, I've loaded up a, a long docket of things that I want to talk about and things that I want to get at. Um, so let's start off with Veterans Day. Veterans Day was last week. Thank you to all my listeners who served, um, which is probably no one, but if you did, thank you. Um, so on Veterans Day, I was watching SportsCenter, and um, I'm not sure if you guys know what E60 is, but it's it's essentially like this thing where sports journalists go like behind the scenes and like, oh, this is like more than the sport. And there was actually this really, it was a very well done piece um, about this guy named Rocky Blair, who was on the Pittsburgh Steelers when they won three Super Bowls in the 70s. He was also on Notre Dame when they won a national championship, and he was, I think, like, he didn't win a Heisen or anything like that, but he was, like, team MVP. He was, like, MVP of the national championship game as a running back. Uh, And um, this special is, like, it's a good journalistic piece in the sense that, like, it's a compelling story, and, like, you want to watch it. But it's also one of the most insane things I've ever seen. So, Rocky Blair, they start off just being like interviewing guys on the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they're like, everyone's like, he's the ultimate teammate. He's the best guy. Like, we love him to death. And they don't, like, no one mentions anything about like war at the time. But because it's Veterans Day, you figure, and like he played in the 70s, you figure he served in, in some sort of conflict. And you come to find out that he served in Vietnam. And um, what happened to him in Vietnam is um, he was in, I can't remember the name of the area, like the geographic area at the time. But essentially what happened was um, a bunch of his, like, so he got drafted in the NFL before he got drafted to the Army. And he gets drafted to the NFL, and then his draft card for the military gets pulled, and he's, like, very surprised because usually people in the military or, like, in something like the NFL, they wouldn't get their draft card pulled for Vietnam, but he's like, you know, it's my service to my country, I gotta go anyway, blah, blah, blah. And so, he goes to um, um, Vietnam, and, you know, he's serving his time there in an area where they... I, I don't think the area was crazy combative. Like, it was, like, a death sentence going there, but there was definitely some conflict, and, like, uh, it wasn't necessarily, like, a cushy pen pusher job. And uh, so, anyways, there's a, a bunch of U.S. soldiers went out on a mission, and I think eight died. And so he and, like, 30 other soldiers were sent on a mission to go retrieve the bodies of those eight soldiers. And so he's um, on point, which is like he's the first person in the squadron 
when they get to like a clearing and he says like everything went quiet for a second then all of a sudden they got like ambushed by hundreds of of Viet Cong and he got shot like multiple times he like dives out of the way gets back to cover um and then like uh, a grenade comes in and he tries to jump out but he's already been shot so he can hardly move so a bunch of shrapnel messes up his leg and I, I promise I'm trying gonna try and find a humorous angle, but I, I feel like we we should respect the that this man did valiantly serve for a country. And I'm not making uh, let me let me be clear. What I'm about to say, I'm not making fun of this man at all. This man is what he did was incredibly brave and uh, very noteworthy. But so, anyways, he gets like his leg gets hit with shrapnel, like a bunch of other people get wounded, they get ambushed by the Viet Cong. And he essentially gets dragged back through the forest with, like, open wounds for, like, nine hours. And his, like, all, so his wounds get all infected, you know, because he's being dragged through the dirt for nine hours. And, like, uh, so he's taken to a hospital in the Philippines and the doctors are, like, um... Like, obviously, like, it, we think you're going to live, but, like, we might have to, like, amputate. Like, you're, they were like, first off, you're never going to be able to play football again. And to make a long story short, like, he fights through a ton of shit recovering and, like, overcomes a lot of, like, physical adversity in terms of trying to, you know, overcome having shrapnel on the leg and then playing, running back in the NFL. And he ends up becoming a successful NFL running back, wins three Super Bowls. Um, and, you know, is, uh, obviously re- the media covers this too. And he's, so he's Winston Super Bowl is also an American hero. There was like a movie made about him and everything. And so <laughs> ESPN decides, uh, I think when they film this, he, so I'm going to look, I'm going to Google how old he is now because they had to film this within the past five years. It's like very good modern production quality. Um, and I believe he's still alive. Uh, he's currently 74. I, I want to say he's gotta be probably 71 or, um, something kind of within that. He's between probably 68 and 73 when the thing is filmed. And so, um, ESPN says, Hey Rocky, you know what you haven't done since you went to Vietnam that you should do? And he's like, what's that? And they're like, go back to Vietnam to the place where you were shot and hit with a grenade. And at this point I'm watching and like, I'm like, okay, like part of me thinks this might be sentimental, but part of me is like everything I know about PTSD and mental health suggests this is not a good idea, but ESPN thinks they're going to make a quick buck on it. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try and reserve my judgment. I'm, I'm going to watch, uh, you know, I don't want to be like, oh, every veteran has PTSD because they all don't. A lot of them do, but um, so I, they watch and, uh, he played at Notre Dame and it, I'm not sure if he still lives in South Bend, but they fly out of South Bend airport and it, like it, 
Tom Rinaldi's been doing the thing the whole time, but this is the first time you see Tom Rinaldi on camera, like, meeting with him, being like, we're flying to Vietnam together. If you guys don't know anything about Tom Rinaldi, essentially his whole career is just being like, well, you scored the game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl, and that was the greatest moment of your life. And the interviewee will be like, yeah, it was phenomenal. And he'll be like, what did that make you think about your mother who was uh, horrifically murdered in her sleep by a serial killer? And then the player just breaks down crying. It's literally like Tom Rinaldi. I think he's a good journalist. And I'm sure he's a good guy. Like, uh, to my knowledge, he hasn't done anything, like, actually sketchy. But it's just like, they, his literal f- formula is just ask people about their career highs. And then ask them about the saddest moment of their entire life. And, like, get a reaction. Everyone's like, wow. Such a potent story. And it's like, you can literally do that with anyone who's, like... And also, let's be fair. Like, there are a lot of athletes, and they only pick the ones who have gone through the utmost adversity. So, it's like, if you picked a hundred of my, like, a hundred people who, like, have had, like, serious trauma in their life, I could get them to cry on camera in a sentimental way. For sure. Just be like... Oh, I heard you got a promotion last week. Uh, well, it'd be great if your dad, who uh, killed three people in a drunk driving accident, was here to see it. I know. He, he always wanted to sober up, but he couldn't do it. And then, like, the person starts crying, and you're like, wow, it was such an emotional experience. Like, honestly, the more I think about it, Tom Rinaldi is a huge dick. In the sense that his career is just built off profiteering off of people that, like, have undergone serious, like, mental trauma and also, like, great success in their life. And then him trying to, like, paint it as a redemptive story. Which, in a lot of times, like, I'm sure it's redemptive in some sense. But, like, he's definitely, like, he he, he will do whatever it takes to get the tears. Um, so, anyways, so, Tom Rinaldi at this point is he's in Southbound. I'm like, oh, this is going to be exactly what I just spent the the few last few minutes explaining. I'm like, oh, I'll give him a try. So they fly to Vietnam. It's his first time in Vietnam. And for people who don't know, Vietnam's a gorgeous country. Like, it's very green. Um, it, I mean, it, it's honestly, like, I've never been, but... I have family members who have been. My boss is Vietnamese. Uh, like, Vietnamese is in, lived her first 20 years of her life in Vietnam. And everyone tells me the same thing. It's absolutely stunning. And so this guy, Rocky Blair, is like, wow, it's so beautiful. And, like, of course, all his memories, he's like, yeah, like, I just remember, like, people being, like, blown up by grenades and, like, obviously horrible things that no one should have to associate with, like, the memories of a beautiful place, but that's just, like, the card this guy drew. And so they get back, uh, and they're, like, uh, they go there, and they're, like, all right, Rocky, we're going to take you to the place where you were, where you were ambushed, where you were shot and whatnot. This man is 70 years old. Like, I don't know how his family <laughs> let him sign on for this, but literally within 30 seconds of, like, them getting there, they're like, so I will I will say this, like, Vietnam's a very hot place. And, like, 
the 70 year old guy's like i feel lightheaded i need to sit down and he's obviously he's at the same time he's like overcome with emotion he's like crying and he's like you know i just think about the guys who didn't make it and like whatnot and it's like it's obvious like this guy like has ptsd and um that you know rightfully so he has and um like i'm not trying to shame him for that but it's like very clear tom rinaldi is just like oh like i don't care if you have ptsd let me just drag you to what'll get me some good views and so tom rinaldi is like all right rocky like sit down for a second and then um obviously this whole guy's story like getting his leg blown up then going to play in the nfl is like perseverance like I mean, what he did was incredible. Like, it's astounding. And I'm not trying to discredit him for that. But, like, uh, Tom is like, Rocky, I think we should go. And then Rocky's like, no, I can stay. And, uh, like, the 70-year-old man who is, like, sweating profusely and struggling to walk instead of being like, no, like, we can shoot this another day. Tom Rinaldi's like, okay. Okay, good. And he's like, it was that warrior spirit (laughs) that that Rocky always embodied literally the next cut is it's like Rocky fainted and it's this old man lying in the grass. And it's like, what did you guys think was going to happen? It's like, we dragged this old man into the most emotionally traumatic point in his life. Like took him out into like the 95 degree heat and 120% humidity. And then he said he's about to pass out, but he wants to keep going. And they're just like, yeah, we should listen to him. He knows what he's talking about. Uh, I think he has a good plan. It's one of those things where, like, I'm sure, like, although this guy's thing is toughness and whatnot, I'm sure there are a couple times in his life where he said, like, I'll keep going, and he wishes person, the person was like, no, like, you can't keep going. What if, like, Tom Rinaldi was just like, all right, Rocky, let's keep going. He's just like, fuck, please get me out of this. So anyway, so like, it's just such a funny cut. Like I, there's like, I, obviously a man passing out is not funny, but of course we know after the fact that everything's good, but like, it is such a funny cut in the sense that they're like, uh, yeah. Um, we, um, like he, he persevered and then immediately it's like, he fainted. <laughs> they try and make him seem badass. And then they're like, he couldn't handle it. And so anyways, the, the remainder of it is, uh, they take him to a doctor in a hospital and they're like, he's like, I, I never felt anything like that before. And it's like, yeah, because you're going to a place that you should not be taken that will trigger all of your worst memories. And you're at a much older age than you were the last time you were experienced something traumatic there. Um, so anyways, and then like, so eventually he gets like good enough to go and like, uh, you can tell like when he's going back, like he's still very shaken and he's still obviously like crying because, you know, like dude, his friends died there. Like they were like on the mission he was on, like multiple people died and like he was lucky enough to survive. And so, like, he's super emotional. And then this guy comes up, and he's a Viet Cong. He was a Viet Cong soldier. It's this old dude. 
and they start talking and essentially they're like they come to the agreement they're like this war was over nothing this war was bullshit like and for anyone who's you know i mean like you don't need to be a history buff to know this but the the vietnam war was essentially a, a futile war that was not over anything significant and was essentially the u.s government uh trying to um posture itself in a favorable diplomatic light uh, in the certain international circumstances and trying like to be a tough guy and they both like reach that conclusion they hug it out and like they talk and that's actually like a, a kind of like a sentimental moment but um like they both say like oh like this field that we're at where like he was ambushed and whatnot looks nothing like it did when he was there and so he's like what was this war for like and it's like uh the the ending of it is like they talk about his like you know what he's doing now his you know football career and all that and he comes home and he's like that was like those very it was a unique experience unlike anything i've ever seen and like he says it was cathartic but like i don't know i just think they left him with more demons um and, uh, and like, he's like, they're like, would you ever go back to Vietnam? And he's like, hell no. <laughs> it's like Tom Rinaldi. Why did you bring this man back to the spot of his PSD? You dick. Um, so, uh, obviously I'm not trying to disservice that man's credit, but Tom Rinaldi's such a douche for trying to capitalize on that. Um, see what else some of the top stuff I've, i have on my list has become outdated Ooh, i'm moving this week thankfully my friend shelby is helping me move shout out shelby um and moving is the worst activity like i think the america's next billionaire is going to be someone who um who is able to like create like you know like how rideshare disrupted the taxi industry whoever can make the next cheaper moving thing is going to be the richest man in the world because moving sucks um let's see what else uh, <laughs> espn the other day tweeted out a picture of kobe and lebron like fist pumping a year ago and like Kobe Bryant's death is tragic i'm i'm not going to say that it's not because it is um, but like ESPN, it, like ESPN is literally doing, I mean, Tom Rinaldi works for ESPN, but ESPN does this shit all the time. Like literally you'll be watching a game and they'll be like, well, LeBron, um, hit the 30,000 point mark at nine minutes and 30 seconds left in the fourth quarter. And, uh, if you notice nine minutes and 36 seconds, comes out to 576 seconds and do you know what happens when you get the square root of 576 that's right that's right 24 and do you know what happens when you divide uh, 30,000 by the number of Kobe's appearances in the Staples Center you get and it's just like they, they're trying to do the most at all times um well 
I guess I'm going to wrap it up here. That's all I have. This is mostly me rambling about Tom Rinaldi and kind of making fun of a veteran. So, not my best performance, but it's been a while. I'm going to do these more regularly again. I apologize for not doing it for a while. Thank you to everyone who listens to this, all eight of you. Um, And let me know if you enjoy it. All right, talk to you guys later.